Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, comics, writers about their work, careers, and what they're so obsessed about. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today's guest is the actor, comic, and show host, Joel McHale. We talked with him about his new podcast with fellow community alum, Ken Jung, his Tiger King after show special on Netflix, and his knife collection. A quick note, because of COVID-19 and shelter in place, this interview was recorded over a Zoom chat with Joel in his home office in LA and myself in San Francisco. So please forgive any audio weirdness. Uh, well, we are you know, very fortunate. We are because uh, we, um, we we have a large space to be in, and uh, yeah, the kids are having school over the video and. You know, people, I want to hear people complaining about having, I mean, I get that if you're in an apartment, tiny apartment in New York, it would be maddening. Uh, or if you're any, in a very small space with a lot of people, it could be really hard. Um, but we're, you know, we're doing, we're, I do, we're doing very well uh, comparatively to people that have the virus, obviously, and doctors and nurses are working their, their asses off and God bless them. And then of course, people who have in independently owned businesses like restaurants uh they're really struggling and those uh i don't have that same sort of like the anxiety that must cause for uh folks it must be terrifying so uh so we are doing great uh given all 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 the circumstances i'm wondering how are you handling being stuck at home as a performer and an entertainer oh i'm a obsessive compulsive extrovert workaholic so i i swear to you i'm busier than i was when i could move around freely uh i have been doing i mean my wife even was like we haven't seen you all day i'm like i know i'm very busy i gotta go and never spent so much time on skype or zoom in my life uh (laughs) but i launched a podcast with ken jong which we just dropped our third episode last night and I posted it today and so that took a lot of planning and putting together I uh, did a job for Netflix in hosting this uh, this uh, talk back with uh, Tiger King which also uh, was an involved process because we're all in our homes so that has taken a lot of time I'm a juror for the Tribeca Film Festival which is still going ahead so by Tuesday or Wednesday I have to watch about 15 documentaries um yeah I'm keeping busy it's a little crazy I would I think it's too much uh, actually it's fun but no I I'm I have always been this way so I have to people are like what are you binging and I'm like I don't have time so uh uh, I, so I, um, yeah, so I, it's, look, I, I sound, I'm not complaining cause I love doing this. I really do love it. And, um, I, I will find a way to, uh, to do, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm uh, a busy body. I inherited this yeah. from my parents. You sound very busy. Um, and that's, I think the other thing too, like I, I know for myself, it's feel more busy because I'm doing more things than I would normally do to get things done. Yeah. Well, on top of that, we got our kids around, so that's relentless in the best way because you get to see your kids and uh, it's great. We're cooking all, you know, we're cooking a lot and getting a lot of takeout. But um, again, I can't imagine what it would be like to be uh, a nurse where your kids are at home. You got to work all day to help stop the 
COVID and you know like how those people are dealing with that is incredible it's herculean that effort and it's unending yeah uh, i mean it's and it's i mean and who knows what the long-term effects not only physically but also mentally on 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 people who are nurses and doctors and and paramedics like that so yeah i mean it's it's like a wartime and when you look at five hundred thousand cases it's pretty pretty dramatic As most of you might know, one of the surprising things that dominated pop culture and social media in the early days of Shelter in Place was the Netflix documentary series Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. It's all about Joe Exotic, the zoo owner, spiraling out of control amidst a cast of eccentric characters who are actual real people in a true murder-for-hire story that takes place in the underworld of big cat breeding in the U.S. After the documentary success, Netflix added an after-show episode hosted by Joel in which he interviews many of the people from the series. When it was first announced, Joel recorded an Instagram video that went viral. And <laughs> in it, he is shirtless with a hand-drawn tattoo of the word Netflix below his belt area, if you know what I'm saying. It feels like there's no good segue into Tiger King, but I, uh, okay. So speaking of a wartime kind of feel, uh, the war wartime, um, a wartime war W A R. Uh, well, it might be a wartime too. Uh, you True. know, this it is very popular. This Tiger King on Netflix. Um, the special is called The Tiger King and I. How did tell me about it and how did you get involved? I got an email. <laughs> Uh, from my publicist and they said would you like to host the after show for the Tiger King uh, Netflix is asking to which I did a Lucy sketch with my phone and said absolutely of course I would love to do that and it's a cultural phenomenon that is one thing that I did watch so I guess that is I made time for that and um uh, and so it was, I, the show is obviously a crazy phenomenon, but the show is, it's a very engaging documentary. It's remarkable. And it's, those guys are going to win everything. And uh, I think people really responded to all the characters and they're called, people call them characters. I'm calling them characters where they're people. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's, People are even saying like, well, you know, if it weren't for the pandemic, then no one would be watching it. And I was like, well, if that were the case, then every show that's streaming would be a huge hit all of a sudden. So, but that, so it's not the case. I mean, it's a, it's, it's remarkable how, uh, what it's doing right now. And so you probably saw my Instagram video of me in <laughs> yes. announcing. Yeah, I shot that by myself. I sat, I sat there in my office here drawing on my stomach and I was like, hmm. Not a lot of. This is an interesting way to make a living. <laughs> yeah, whose idea? I mean, the the video and the picture um, is amazing. You're wearing some sort of leopard prints cowboy hat. And Those are my have... wife's. Has two pairs of leopard pants. Those are her pants. <laughs> and I had a cowboy hat. You had a cowboy hat, and obviously the you had no shirt on, but specifically you had the Netflix tattoo where the property of Joe Exotic tattoo would right. be on, on another person. People gave me for not having it lower. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but I wanted people to see it. So 
it would just look like the tops of letters if I had made it lower. And we're getting into some, yeah, I guess I should, I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what a weird, what a weird thing to be like, I am going to show you, it should be lower. And uh, <laughs> yes, so it was, that, that took place at 10 o'clock two nights ago. My kids were watching Back to the Future and I walk in dressed like that and they were like, what have you been drinking? Drano? So, uh, yeah, so it was good times. It looks like it was good times. So then as far as the special itself, uh, what exactly is it? Are you interacting with, you not the characters, but the people like Joe? Yeah, I, I interviewed six of the seven of them. Six of them. And uh, I wanted to talk to Joe, but it didn't happen uh maybe there's a chance it's still gonna happen and we'll we'll shove it in there hopefully but uh no i want we they wanted to know what they were up to and i you'll see it's not it's a con i mean i tell a lot of jokes but it's a serious subject matter about you know with there's murders for hire possible murder there's suicide there is clearly some severe animal abuse and uh it's uh, so those are no fun and I did not want to make, <laughs> make light of those things. So I ended up, they were supposed to be like 15 minute interviews and I ended up speaking to almost everybody for an hour. Uh, Cause I wanted it to be, I was like, I don't want the, the, the easy thing to do is go look at these hilarious people and look how they're dressed and look how they act and go, Oh, that's so and not take them seriously as people. And I am very interested in them as people. And uh, thank you. What a saint you are, Joel. But uh, but I really wanted to know what was going on in their lives. And the, I, they, I mean, the, the documentary does a very good job of making them human beings, obviously, and making a lot of them look sympathetic or be are sympathetic. Obviously, Joe is quite a person and uh, he's not really well well liked by many and uh but um but i wanted to i really wanted to hear what was going on and not just sling jokes at them well i go back to kind of again how how you got involved specifically because oh i don't know like it's it's like yeah joel McHale. this he fits in with because probably because of the joel McHale show and um maybe because i've hosted something for them before and uh so that's probably the connection i am very fond of ted sarandos and maybe he thought of me i don't know uh and he wrote an email thanking me so i was like ted uh he doesn't know how to do that so uh, i don't know it wasn't like there was an audition you know like who can draw netflix backwards the fastest across their stomach there wasn't anything like that and getting the proper placement that would satisfy the internet so yes uh the weird part is that we shot they wanted really high quality video so when you watch it i actually can't see them uh we're i just have an ipad point i'm just staring into an ipad but i can hear them uh so i was like oh i hope that works i swear to you i have gotten more response from that announcement than i did from 12 years of the soup and six years of community. I, <laughs> my publicists were like, holy <laughs> this is, a, we're getting a lot of, and I was like, what the, and uh, yeah. So uh, apparently this was what my career was leading to. Well, I'd like to defend our podcast here by saying that we had you booked before. Not right now. 
Not right now. I will yeah, say so. this. <laughs> this is, you wouldn't believe, like, LA traffic is pretty bad. And it's every time I look at my GPS, if I've gone and got food, I'll be like, it's going to take me nine minutes to get home on a commute that would have taken 40. And it's cuckoo. Well, that's okay. I haven't asked anyone in LA about this, but uh, either last week or earlier this week, it actually had the cleanest air in the world. <laughs> like, how does that make someone, how does that make you feel uh, living in LA that you actually have the world's cleanest air if no one goes anywhere? Well, that's unfair uh, because <laughs> uh, because it's the reason why the air was so clean is because it's been raining for two weeks. And the rain, every time it rains, the air gets washed and it's glorious. And the reason why a lot of the air gets trapped, well, there is, everyone calls it smog because there actually is fog. This, there's real fog. Because people see fog, they go, that's pollution. It's like, no, that's actual fog. It's different than, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very, it. What this will show the earth that, the, if you don't burn as many fossil fuels, uh, things get pretty great. And uh, I don't know if anybody, I mean, if you lo- you saw the satellite pictures of China, when they locked down the whole country, the air cleared and people were like walking around going like, what is, what color yeah. is that? What is, why is the sky blue? We haven't seen that in a while. I remember when they did that for the Beijing Olympics, they had to stop the factories so that marathon runners didn't keel over while they were running. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's a very like San Francisco. You guys have a lot of industry, but you're right there on the water, so or on the ocean, so it blows out. Yeah, we well our our fog has, has a name too. We have Carl the Fog who comes in usually in the afternoon. Okay, so the name of this podcast is called "I'm So Obsessed." So Joel, what are you so obsessed with? Boy, uh, you know the abyss catching up to me probably <laughs> so i'm just running all the time you have, you have like in one of those treadmill desks right now you just just, just yeah in place. uh boy i am boy i'm not going to be one of those uh i'm not one of those people that are like do you know how many different colors of sharpies there are well there's a couple you can't get in the united states and uh, i'm not i don't have anything like that uh <laughs> but i have on, you know, I have a lot of collections of things. I collect knives, I collect swords, I collect wine. Uh, yeah, I have a problem. I, ju- I'm, I just redid a 1990 Land Cruiser. Um, Ooh, really? Uh, yeah, it's on my Instagram. Uh, I am obsessed with buying technology and learning it about 10% of what you need to know and then just giving up and then winds up in a, a heap and then uh the jawa come and buy it uh so uh i am obsessed with uh, my sons are obsessed with fortnite and i wish i knew how to build but i can't build i can't even so bad so then i play i end up playing a lot of call of duty with my friends um boy uh i, uh, I yeah i'm trying to think of like i'm not i don't have I wish I could go, well, I'd like to, to do dugout canoes. I will get a, <laughs> a a virgin piece of oak and whittle out a canoe for six months. I don't do any of that. Oh, I'm obs- I love cooking. I love cooking meat. I cook salmon and 
I cooked everything. Yeah, I made a rabbit stew a month ago. Really? Uh, yeah, I, so I, uh, I can't really stop moving. Um, yeah, I have way too much wine. I collect way too much of it because I think, oh, I like this wine. I'm going to buy two cases of it. And then, and then you become, you realize you're a hoarder. <laughs> well, I can go, be... I can go right back here. I say, do you have anything in reach? Okay, for you guys listening at home, here's what's going on. So Joel is opening a drawer, and inside is a lot of things, including a whip, an axe, but he pulls out a rather long knife and unsheathes it. Uh, here's a, this is a uh, British bayonet from 1907. It's got a leather scabbard. Yeah, I've got a lot here. Got some axes. See, Japanese axe. I don't know what that is. Uh, I have a lot of illegal knives, a lot of like automatic. I can't even close the drawer. There's too many knives. Okay, so he opens another drawer and takes out a much more menacing knife wrapped in bubble wrap. Oh, this is a good one. This is a Bowie knife. Yeah, that's no uh, messing there around there. Yeah. So, wait, you said you have a lot of illegal knives? Well, they're automatic knives. Uh, they're switchblades. Got it. He now has a small closed switchblade in his hand, from out which he pops to reveal the blade. So there could be a documentary about you called The Knife King at some point? Yeah, there could. I just don't have... I need to dress better. <laughs> I think it's not we all flashy. Uh, my friend Scott Derrickson gave me this. Uh, yeah, just a little little switchblade. So that, and, yeah, and, I'm... So, I'm, saying, mild, about, I'm not. Oh, go ahead. I say, what is it about knives that uh, appeals to you about that versus like being like a gun? Do you actually use them? Are you able to? Are you a sword fighter? Have you ever had something like that? No, I'm a vigilante. I go out at night to fight crime. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any of those because I did. I can. I can. I took like stage combat. But the good thing about a sword is that if you are, you you can not be great with a sword, but if you just start swinging at someone they're they're gonna lose even with like a like a pretty um like skilled fighter if you have a very sharp blade watch out uh there because it it, you you don't even know you got hit i only know this because i was in this movie called uh deliver us from evil with eric banna directed by and written by scott Mm. derrickson uh and i was so happy to be in that movie but i have knife fight in it and uh I think it's a great movie. You should go and watch it. Uh, Delivers from Evil, but yeah, I learned all about how knife fighters fight and uh, about how every the thing with knife fighting, or if you have a blade, any even defense is offense because if someone swings at you and you block it with a blade, you win. So instead of having a baseball bat underneath your bed, you should have a short sword because you'll do way more damage. So you have a do you have a short sword under your bed? <laughs> it's a regular size samurai sword. <laughs> regular size. And when did like when did you get into? Oh, I, I I collected knives when I was a kid. I was I don't know what it is. I've I always loved weapons and stuff like that. I always was always fascinated by that stuff. I don't know why. I don't. I, I would just my dad uh, and mom. I was they lived in Europe all through the sixties. My dad collected a couple of cool pieces and I commandeered them from him and uh and I just for whatever reason it's just the thing that I loved uh and uh so I got a bunch of that stuff (laughs) it's pretty (laughs) silly 
and go it seems like the samurai sword that would be like is that like the the nicest sword you would have in your collection uh i have a now i mean there there the swords that i get are from this place called cold steel i don't have any sort of uh, it's a great company aventura i don't have any like oh i have a samurai sword from a hundred years ago i don't have anything like that um but i have but they're very they're they're not cheap but they're they're all made with modern materials in the traditional way so they're incredibly strong so yeah i would i have a chinese sword and a couple of samurai swords that are probably the most expensive the bowie knife's not cheap either but uh but they're really i use i have a different bowie knife that i keep in the kitchen that i if i'll use it to cut meat and cut through bones and stuff Wow. It'll break apart a chicken and with one just one little swipe. Wow. Thank and you. What's your... uh, but I I have a hard time. I I was what I'm obsessed with, but I don't I don't have um I don't I, I, I have a I have a lot of things going at all times, so I can barely concentrate on anything. Uh, right now I'm reading books on the Korean War. So, uh, cuz it's uh, it's a war that gets ignored. And, uh, and I think people hear about it and they go like, yeah, well, what was that? And the f- history is absolutely fascinating. And I can't, hi- I can't recommend enough learning more about it because it's, it was, it was a real crazy war and it was, it did not go well for us for a long time. And, and technically, technically we're still yeah. at war. That's say we're still at war. We're just paused, right? Yeah. As much as what that means. That's crazy. Yeah um another great segue um, do it something the korean war was years ago but also about five years ago was the end of your show community and i'm wondering what a segue <laughs> that was impressive if you're not a fan of the show community it's a wonderful unique comedy filled with snark and pop culture zeal by dan Harmon, and it takes place in a community college in colorado community star joel as well as chevy chase Allison Bree, Donald Glover, Ken Jeong, among others. But no, but going back to community for a second, uh, it's been five years. I'm wondering, as you're getting further away from having done that show, what are your feelings as you look back at it? Boy, I knew when we were making it that we were making something really good. And I have said that in interviews before, and I am, that sounds like me bragging, which, yes, it is. But I knew when I read that pilot, I was like, if I could just be in something this well written and i they thankfully i got the role and i i look back on it like um like i don't it's the same way i i don't watch a lot of it because it's so the the memories are almost so wonderfully painful uh that I look back on that with such fondness that I enjoyed it so much. And the hours were crazy and there was some crazy shit that happened, but I knew the show was great. And I enjoyed, I knew the right, like every time we'd open up a script at a table read, I was like, it's like Christmas. And I, cause I have been at table reads where I, I go, well, maybe they'll fix this and you don't have a lot of time. Uh, and so I've been in the, the, that situation a number of times. And, but this I knew was, I knew it was uh, that Dan had this vision and I was, I, the, the bones and the world that he was creating with that first script, I was just like, 
this guy clearly knows what he's doing. He's way smarter than me and he's way funnier than me. And I will follow that guy. Uh, and we, you know, and then we were very fortunate and blessed with a cast that was so insanely talented. I mean, dear Lord. Uh, it was the, you know, like, I think I, I'm, you know, I don't know what to compare it to, but I think it's one of the greatest ensemble casts that has been, I think it's like one of the most unique shows ever made. And I will, I, on the, I will be proud of it forever. And didn't it start to, it, it, even before it was on TV, it, they had episodes or, or parts of episodes online, right? Jeez, I don't know. Well, I, I ask that because I'm wondering now if you think about, I mean, we're talking about all these things. Uh, you had a special on Amazon Prime last year. You're obviously on Netflix with the, the Tiger King stuff. I'm wondering, had the community been five, like had it been now, do you think it would have hit maybe even more mainstream if it had been on a streaming service? It's a good question. And don't forget Stargirl. <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, that Watch that. It's a good show. Uh, or I think it's coming out here pretty soon. Um, I don't know. You know, um, the, look, I was ha very happy that we were on the air, believe me. But there was also this narrative that the show was had low ratings, which was completely false. And every time, and this, I'm not trying to throw my friends on the show under the bus, but every time Parks and Rec would replace us, it would rate lower. But no one ever said that about Parks and Rec. And believe I love Parks and Rec. I'm not trying to say it was lower. It's a very successful show, obviously. Chris Pratt, though, not talented, not charming, not handsome. Um, that So it became this thing where reporters lazy reporters would always go so the ratings are rough and i and i would always correct them i was like no go look at them i was like you compare them uh because we always give parks and rec a great lead in and uh they often would they often either just stayed the same or went a little bit down and uh now i know that sounds like i'm throwing them under the bus i swear to you i'm not it's just what the facts it really, were of, it really doesn't facts though, were of mean, the numbers so yeah, i was yeah. always like we're if we're doing this well against the big bang theory a half an hour before you get to people you know not being distracted by dinner or sporting events then i think we're doing a pretty good job so whenever i hear that when i ever hear struggling it's just like just lazy writing and shitty uh research well, I could say like there's uh, at least in my household, we were such fans. We were fans even when it was on <laughs> Yahoo the the weird last season. Yeah, um, and obviously you mentioned earlier you have a podcast now with Ken. Um, I'm wondering how did that come about and what's the podcast about? Ken and I had talked for months about doing a podcast, and just because I every person I know who has a podcast whether it's like Burt Kreischer or Brian Callen, uh, uh, Brandon, what's Brandon's last name? Uh, that's the fighter and the kid, uh, Joey Diaz, any podcast, or Adam Carolla, uh, who would put me on their podcast would say, Hey, you should do a podcast. And, uh, I think they, uh, I think also because I will never stop talking, um, most of the time. And when I do stop talking, it's to look at a knife or a glass of wine and, uh, or a cut of beef. No, uh, but, so then Ken and I, whenever we chat, our phone calls will go on for way too long. 
And then, and he's even said to me, he goes, when you want me to stop talking, just tell, just say, I have to go. And I'll just be very, I'll be like, okay, great. You can go. And I was like, we need to do this, Ken. And we need to do, we need to do that. But more so Ken invited me to one of his standup shows and I did stand up, he did stand up, and then we did stand up together. And we really had a great time on stage. And, and I was like, oh, if we, if we do a podcast, then we can do this we do a podcast and be talking to each other. So, uh, so then we, because of the pandemic, Ken's schedule got better because everything's been canceled. So then all of a sudden we're like, let's do it. And Tran, his wife said, you should definitely do it because you know, we need something to do. And, <laughs> and, and I think if you listen to this latest episode, it's more representative of what an actual phone call like Ken and I have, uh, um, will have so um and and more because of the pandemic he is a real doctor and he is an actual doctor that practiced medicine for 12 years went to duke and uh, his wife is a practicing doctor and he is very up to date on the latest with the pandemic and so we we end up spending like half an hour i just ask him everything about what is going on and so he is pretty informative about it um and he can he's very since he's such a performer he's able to boil it down pretty easily the kind of major complicated stuff that like how does tell tell me how the therapies work he explained that hydrochloric thing to me so i was like oh now i understand uh so anyway so that's why it got started and we we have a great time doing it and we have a really great producer named Andrew Hobson. And what's the name of the podcast, by the way? It's called The Darkest Timeline. The Darkest Timeline. Because of the pandemic. And, of course, we knew that there was going to be a zillion community questions. So we <laughs> just kind of uh, – I think Tran, again, Tran's basic – that's his wife – basically came up. He's our other producer. And uh, just she comes up with the best ideas. And at one point, we're just going to call it the Ken and Joel Cobb podcast but the darkest timeline is is, is really good because it's it's apropos for what's happening and uh and then we get in we can get into the we like we were they were teasing us because ken opened he on twitter he was like send us your questions and then people were like oh yeah like you're even gonna get more than one you're gonna answer even more than one or two and he they were right we barely answered any because uh, we just <laughs> don't stop we're two people that won't stop talking there's now a bonus episode of Darkest Timeline that includes Joel and Ken and most of the cast community. It was recorded on a Zoom call after the cast did a virtual reading and reunion to raise money for the World Central Kitchen and Frontline Foods that supplies meals to first responders and vulnerable communities during the pandemic. It's tremendous. Um, also, you have, you, you've done improv, you've done stand-up, you've been a talk show host, a game show host, you've been an actor. I'm wondering, uh, with all these different things you do, is there something that uh, they all have in common that appeals to you or a satisfaction you get from doing them? Yeah, I like money and uh, <laughs> money. No, you, well, yeah, I mean... Oh, you get paid You get paid to do these things? <laughs> What's yeah, that like? That's, that's the criminal part. I mean, my older, again, my older brother is a, uh, an electrician. And he uh, he has to uh, you know not try to blow himself up, and that's I'm like, how's your day? Didn't blow myself up. All right, good job. And uh, 
So what am I saying? So the, what the, uh, I think wanting to be a, it's an affliction wanting to be a performer where you always want to do it and you don't get to do it enough. And so you, once you get the bug for an audience to start cheering and clapping for you, you treat it like a drug. And, um, I just always thought when I started acting, I was just like, I hope I can do this for forever because I, I'm going to wait to be dragged to a real job uh, when I really, if I'm broke, but I'm going to do this until somebody stops me. So that's, so I guess the common thread is just like, I don't know, it's, just, it's all I ever wanted to do that and throw a football or basketball <laughs> or a throwing knife. So I have a thing I want to wrap up here. It's called Pick One. And I'm going to give you two things, and you just select one. There's no I'll right take movie. the second. Great. Uh, that hits most of them pretty well, and we'll just fill that in later on post. No, but um, – and you can talk about it if you don't like them. But, uh, yes, it's called Pick One. So um, the first one would be kind of tying to our earlier conversation. Lions or tigers? Ligers. Ooh. Mythical. Look what I did. It's not mythical. There are ligers. There are ligers? Oh yeah, they got started. They started breeding them in India about 300 years ago. They're crop. There are ligers in the United States right now, and uh, they get huge. They can get up to 900 pounds. See, I've learned that there's ligers. I've learned that uh, about the pollution in LA. I love this. this is yeah. Um, next one, iPhone or Android? Uh, yeah, iPhone. I'm, That's I'm what glad I'm, we got to that point. I'm, glad we I'm got in. To that I'm point. iPhone only because I bought into the system a long time ago and have not. Uh, although Microsoft gave me a, a notebook to borrow, and that thing is really nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh the whole other world here. Uh, but no, iPhones, that's the language that I speak. All right, a couple more of these, and I'll, I'll let you go here. So, uh, Seattle or LA? Oof. Not gonna, I mean, Seattle's where my heart will always be, but I love Los Angeles. Uh, so yeah, that's that's like saying pick between your kids. That was gonna be my next one, but I'll, I'll oh yeah, that's too that. yeah, that's I that I can't. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go Switzerland and not make a decision because uh, this is the city that where I got to you know I got to follow my dreams and we have so we've been here for 20 years so we all of our friends are here. It's amazing because they always talk about people being like a New York person or LA person and yet when you meet someone who's, I mean, that's kind of you coming out of a college, I'm guessing, and getting your start and all that, but also finding success and finding a home and having a family um, in LA. Yeah. And knowing, like we realize we know so many people here. And I think people always think of LA as transient. And I was like, anywhere is transient if you don't stay and you don't participate or if you get out. When I, when I hear the freaking New York people here go, yeah, well, you know, I always, you know, can't wait to get back to New York. And I was like, you moved here 25 years ago. You're never going back <laughs> ever. And don't, don't complain to me about how New York is so much better because you're, you, you've clearly decided to live here. And, uh, so yeah, LA gets get up on cause it's, it's such a working city and, uh, but it really has a wonderful feel and culture to it. I think, uh, there's a, a yeah, there's camaraderie here that I think people think doesn't happen. But uh, I love it. All right, next one: Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo Switch. Xbox. 
Why? Why Xbox? I mean, other than the Spider-Man game for uh, uh, for the PlayStation. Uh, look, I love the PlayStation. It's great. Uh, but uh, just now, I mean, just it for whatever reason, the kids and myself have just always gravitated towards it. And most of my friends are on that. And uh, yeah, so that's. I mean, my kids use use their Switch, but you know, the Switch. Uh, you know, it's great for mobile. Uh, but uh, and it's a great, it's a really nice thing. But uh, boy, they, yeah, for the Xbox, just seems to uh, own our brains. <laughs> and my sons, they talk to all their friends over their Xboxes. Yeah, um, I mean that's been a thing for a long time. But especially now, it's I talk, I play games, and I'm able to chat with my brother who's on the other side of the country. And it's like we chat more through the game than we do like on a phone, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so this next one kind of hits back to uh, Tiger King, Joe Exotic, or Carol Baskin. Oof. Oof. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Joe, I think. Uh, even though Joe wreaked havoc for many years and made a lot of people unhappy, uh, Carol freaks me out. <laughs> and that's that story about her ex-husband is bone chilling. Wow, we did not speak to her for the thing. I don't think she. I think I don't think she would have allowed it. Yeah, you just talking about it sitting like a chill up my back. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. imagine she's very happy about the documentary, but those are her words, and those yeah. are the words of her ex-husband's family. Okay, so the next one is host or guest. Uh, boy, I don't know. I mean, I liked hosting a lot. I host, yeah, host. I guess, yeah. And then uh, the next one, um, Fortnite or PUBG. Fortnite, and uh, I know your kids are really into that, huh? Yeah, no, I I love, I really do love Fortnite, and I love its world. I love the art. I'm so bad at building, and that that I, if I could build, I'd play on it as much as they do. But my 12 year old, I can't. I it's just a, unreal how fast he is, and uh, so that's yeah. So Fortnite. I think that's great, and I have to say, from my point of view, I got to know you on the suit. And then when I saw you in community, I'm like, ah, that guy. There's the guy from The Thing. That's the guy from The Thing. That Strangely, I, I don't know if anyone remembers the suit hardly, but boy, community did, because at the time, it was always so like, well, it may not be back, it probably is finished, and we don't know, it's just that little show that no one cares about, and now it's, it's really wonderfully taken on a life of its own. Well, I just want to thank you for your time and opening up with us today. And thank you for having me. I want to thank Joel McHale for chatting with us, and I want to thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And until the next time, take care.